Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest-running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of two college athletes. He has a wealth of experience to share. Here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to Episode 306, Part 2 of a two-part interview with Chris Ford. Chris is a parent of three recruited athletes. These interviews on the Athletic Scholarship Podcast are great resources for you to hear straight from families that have been through the process. Last week and this week, you get to hear from Mr. Ford and his story and advice his family learned as his oldest child, Zach, went from barely making his high school team to playing four years of baseball at College of the Ozarks and how his middle daughter, Kara, got recruited and made a decision to pass on a softball career in college. She is now a junior in college and on track to graduate soon. Both stories are told in episode 305, part one of the interview. Here in part two of the interview, here in part two of the interview, Chris tells us about the recruiting that Abby, the youngest daughter, went through. Abby just graduated from high school this May, class of 2022, and will be attending and playing college softball at Missouri State in Springfield, Missouri. Missouri State University is an NCAA Division I softball program that plays in the Missouri Valley Conference. So let's hear and learn from Mr. Ford about Abby's journey. Abby, she just graduated here May 21st, along with uh, my son Sutton. And uh, she, uh, her and Sutton got to sign, I think, letters of intent the same day. And she, tell us where she's going to and, and how she got there. So Abby is going to Missouri State University next fall. I have three great kids, uh, but Abby's been one of those kids ever since she was little who uh, her only speed is roadrunner fast. She's always been this way and she's always been an athlete minded kid. And she started playing when she was really young and started traveling ball when she was young. Kind of the process we took with Abby is we knew kind of lessons learned from Zach lessons learned from Kara, and then communicating with other parents that have gone through the recruitment process for their kiddos. And so we knew we had to get started young. So uh, Abby's freshman year, you know, we started looking around at, you know, different colleges, universities, different programs, concerned about uh, the, the summer team that she was on, what direction they were headed in, and what level were they playing? Because to get recruited at the highest level, especially during the summertime, you need to play on a, a top level travel team. Well, her travel team stepped up and started playing a lot of 18 gold, tur- you know, gold tournaments, you know, starting, you know, with her eighth grade in her freshman year. And so, you know, that kind of started the process. Actually, when we first got connected with, with the first place was uh, we were, they were playing at home with Ozark and Missouri State actually came and they were looking at another kid and Abby was up to bat. Uh, of course, she's fast. I mean, her, you know, her home to first time is a little under 2.5 seconds, which is pretty quick. And so I think I caught the eye of the coaches uh, in her freshman year. I mean, she, I, I think she batted almost, I think, 428, 430, very successful. Um, and so she had a great freshman year. Go to her sophomore year, her game started evolving from just uh, some light slapping, bunning to actually starting to do more power slapping, hitting. And then we started attending these uh, camps. Her first camp she attended was a Missouri State camp. I think it was in the fall, right after her sophomore year. 
you know, they, they went through the workout. She had the fastest home the first time at the camp. And they actually invited her back to the winter camp, uh, same camp, but just winter camp to come back. I think she was definitely on the radar at the time. And so we get to that, that camp in January, we get into varsity soccer season in her, uh, in her sophomore year. And on March 5th of her sophomore year, uh, she had a devastating knee injury where she tore her ACL, MCL, meniscus during soccer practice. And so we have surgery about a month later, and this is during COVID. COVID right. just hit hit a couple weeks after that injury. So even surgery was delayed delayed a little bit because of th- this new COVID virus. Um, so she has her surgery. Of course, she's out. Everything shuts down. We start playing. You know, she doesn't play her junior year um, during the fall. It's really spring of her junior year. She can now play, start playing travel ball. Well, she's had this devastating knee injury. Our coach is going to look at her. There were a lot of questions, Brent, about is this still the same kid? Can she run just as fast? How's that knee holding up? And so we decided uh, to, you know, hey, things are looking good. Doctor says she's in that top 1% of kids recovery wise. Um, Everything looks good. Everything looks back to normal. Uh, she started to hit off the tee, running, doing all those pieces, um, doing physical therapy. We, we had made a decision that we wanted to get her more exposure. So we joined a, a recruiting website. It's NCSA. Uh, I think the name of its next college student athlete. So we started posting videos um, about, from her sophomore year. And then as her recovery was going, she started, you know, hitting off the tee, doing running, like in February of her junior year, her travel coach, we made a video of her out in the field just to kind of show what her range was and post it on the website. Of course, you're putting your information about, uh, you know, what her stats and what she, what she had, what it looked like, you know, from her freshman and sophomore year. And then in March, her travel team started uh, doing travel team uh, games. Well, we started putting highlights from those travel team games on the website. And then, and she started emailing coaches. I would say, Brent, if she, I would say she emailed over a hundred coaches just to get her information out. Here's who I am with, with a link to videos and just to show them, Hey, here's who I am. Here's what I can do. And so she started doing that. She actually started getting interest emails back. She started getting her travel coach, started getting phone calls from college coaches uh, asking about her. Her high school coach started getting calls. As we forward into the summertime, really after the, uh, we, we did a Tulsa tournament, which would coincide with the softball world series. Um, she started to get more interest uh, there. We got our first couple of offers. Uh, one of them, we were offered, she was offered a, a slot to, to Drury University where care was offered. And then she was offered a spot at uh, UMKC, which is Division One school up in Kansas City. But uh, Abby's heart has always been, I, could th- I think it was seventh grade. She wanted to be a Missouri State softball. So she had these two great offers on the table. Tulsa had contacted her. KU had contacted her. So at this Tulsa tournament, Missouri State came and looked at her. Um, and uh, we had finished up the tournament. And then we were actually on, on our way to vacation down in Florida. And she got a call from, from one of the Missouri State coaches and said, hey, we, we would like for you to come for an unofficial visit uh, to Missouri State. So we thought, man, that's great. We didn't know what unofficial meant. 
Um, so that was going to be in July uh, between her junior and senior year. So we went to Missouri State, went for the unofficial visit, and they were awesome. We arrived at nine. We kept thinking it's going to be maybe an hour or two. We they gave us the whole tour. They gave that we met the strength and conditioning coach. We talked to all three Lady Bear coaches. Um, and six hours later, we get to the very end, and they offered Abby a slot and scholarship uh, to play at Missouri State her freshman year. So we took a couple of days, kind of looked at everything, and then she made a final decision, and she you know accepted the offer at Missouri State. And again, just like we did with Kara. We made Abby call every coach that had recruited her along the way. We made her call each coach personally to say, hey, I appreciate the offer, but I've accepted uh, the offer at Missouri State. You'll, you'll find it's funny. Uh, the coach at UMKC, uh, Coach Shaw, we, we, we turned down his offer, but he told her, he said, hey, I appreciate you calling me. He said, not every kid calls you and tells you you, you don't want to come there. And so every time she has seen him since, he's given her a high five ask how she was doing, super friendly. So again, uh, it's been a good experience. Well, and kind of a, a follow-up question, whenever she started sending emails, Chris, uh, how did she determine what school she wanted to uh, to send those to? Had you guys, uh, had she sat down and made some parameters? Uh, had she made a, a, a list or, or, or how, how did she, she had, organize that? She had started making a list of places that she was interested in going. And a lot of them were local. Were, within, you know, a 300 mile radius. I think she'd kind of always set her heart on being, staying closer to home. But, you know, I think when, when offers weren't coming in at the very beginning, she expanded where she was looking because Abby just really wanted to play at the next level. So she started just looking at the, you know, the programs, looking at win-loss records. She'd go look on their website and see, okay, how many seniors do they have? How many juniors do they have? And kind of seeing what position they they played and seen if there was going to be room for a left-handed speed slapper and outfield. So she did a lot of work herself and did a lot of research, you know, and some of them were just, you know, phishing emails. Hey, I, sh- I just want to see, just, you know, throw it out there and, and, and see what she got. And she, she got a lot of coaches to respond back to her. Uh, but anytime that you show a video of her running, doing a, doing a slap and running from home to first with, the kind of speed asset that she has, that's going to get somebody's attention. And so, uh, you know, she, so she got some comments back. Uh, so, so it was a good experience, but it, it was all on her breath. Her mom and I did nothing. We didn't go out and email coaches or tell her, Hey, you need to email coaches. She took the initiative and did all that on her, on her own. Well, and my next question is, uh, what was kind of the difference between boys and girls? Because my boys, I had to like, Hey, Remember, you're supposed to be sending emails. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, know, yeah, you know, they wake up and, and, and yeah, you know, for video know, games and stuff. So I would so say, what were some of the differences between the, yeah. the the men's experience and the women's experience? I would say I, I don't disagree with you much. I both of my girls had more of a drive to make that personal contact with coaches. Um, Zach was like, you know, oh, okay, Dad, I'll I'll send out an email, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and. Or, you know, say, hey, have you thought about, have you called that coach back? Or have you, have you thought any more about X, Y, Z? And so I, I don't know that if that's the difference between the male and the female's part, but, you know, and I think maybe even, you know, some of the differences, Brent, I think when boys do summer baseball, they go in and most time in the weekend, they know 
their four games are already planned out because the games are so long, you really can't do a true bracket play. Right. So you play almost a pool. And then on Sunday, they'll take the first uh, first place out of pool A, first place out of pool B, play each other for championship. Then it works it down. So it's already really scheduled. But in softball, I mean, you could play this weekend. Abby's playing summer ball. Uh, we're going to Kansas City. It's a seven-game guarantee. So you get seven games already. Then you potentially have to play up to 12 games. So there's a lot more opportunity for kids to be seen, I think, at, at the especially the softball level, you know, because there's so many more games. But I do think with, with your situation, I feel like that was almost a mere situation of mine. Hey, have you uh, have you gone out and sent that email? Have you made that contact <laughs> with the coach? And so, but with both my girls, they were go-getters uh, from the get-go. What are one or two items of advice that you would give to a student athlete and, and their families uh, as you've been through it three times? Uh, what would what, what advice would you give to them as they're jumping into this? I'll add a quick story in here. When, when Zach first started playing athletics and started playing baseball, I can remember having a discussion with a parent who had a child on the Ozark travel team. And I said, you know, there's no way my kids ever going to play travel ball. It's just too expensive. Um, I, I just don't know if we want to do that. So I think that there is definitely, you know, a sacrifice that it takes for for your a for your kid to get better because really your their their child or any athlete gets better during the summertime. That's the time they grow. They they're playing a lot of ball games you know, they have to be willing to be part of that travel team or travel school team. So again, that takes time, that takes money, that takes effort, that takes support. So I think parents, they have to know up front, that's a sacrifice that you have to make as a family. And and we did that with all three of our kids. Uh, so imagine Brent at one time, I had all three kids in travel at one time. Yes, yeah, so uh, we would we would see either you or Katie. We, we yeah, one of the two together very often because we weren't because <laughs> divide and conquer. Sometimes it was a grandparent taking a kid or another parent taking the third kid someplace. So, um, so I think that's number one. I think number two, start early, get your kids exposed because college coaches need to see kids. You know, they don't have time to answer you know a thousand emails. You know, they're going to try to get back to you. They get a lot. I'm sure they get inundated. But if they see your, if they see a, you know, uh, an athlete out there who has something that they are interested in, you know, they're they're writing that kid's name down. They're going on that. They're they're going on their board. I think getting them exposed early, and again, that takes time, effort, and money. Uh, I think second thing is I think parents have to be willing to take their kids to showcase camps. Start early um, because if college coaches don't see you. If they don't know about you and they get an email from you, they don't know you from the other hundreds or thousands of emails they're going to get in their inbox. So, you know, again, it takes time, effort, and money to uh, take your kids to these showcase camps, but it's important. Start getting them exposed because you never know if, if, a, if a college coach, if you're not a fit for a certain college coach, they may talk to another college coach and say, hey, I saw a kid at my camp who might fit your program. So I think you have to be willing, willing to do that. And I, I think today's times, again, college coaches are stretched thin. You know, be willing to uh, promote yourself, get out there and show videos. And so I think, again, all three pieces, you know, I think, you know, would, would help parents, especially parents who were not athletes or not college athletes and really encourage, and they really need to encourage their kid to do the reaching out and emailing because if a college coach calls 
you know, for example, Abby got several phone calls from college coaches and she was one who had to talk to them. So it helped that she's the one that emailed them. So I, I guess that's some of the advice I would give to to parents who are looking into this recruiting. I'm not going to ask you to to give us what kind of deal Abby got going to a Division One softball program, but a lot of people think that if you go to a Division One, you automatically get a full ride. How did academics and how did uh, sports kind of play into what what she the package she ended up getting? So, you know, I, I guess that was one of the things Brent going into this was uh, didn't realize how the scholarship thing worked for baseball and softball. They're, they're very similar. You know, they aren't giving full rides because they only get so many scholarships from the NCAA. So they have to divide those scholarships out amongst all those kids on the team. Abby got her scholarship offer. It was very generous. But we also look at the academic side. Abby graduated in the top 10% of her class. She, summa cum laude, you know, so she also got, you know, a a decent scholarship from from Missouri State for the academic side. So, you know, by the time we do academics and do athletics, she's really not going to owe much money to get a four-year degree. You know, I think that, you know, some kids have an idea of, hey, I'm just going to my you know, athletic ability will get me where I need to go. Well, I know the discussion when we were talking to them, especially the Missouri State coaches, academics was their number one priority because they said that's why she's going to school is to is to get a four-year degree. And college softball will help her get that degree. But they were very academic, academically focused. They want their kids to achieve high academically while they're in college. That academic piece is so important. When you kind of went through when Abby kind of started getting attention and stuff. And of course, COVID was in the middle of that also. Girls softball and for the bigger schools in our area play in the fall. Some of the smaller schools play in both both uh, fall and spring. Is that right? Yes. And then, of course, baseball is is, is in, the, in the spring for us. And then some of the smaller schools will do a, a fall and spring. So like when did she start getting attention? And then how did you decide or did on your showcase camps that you went to or showcase tournaments that you went to? Were, was she invited to camps or did, did you guys just find those? You know, we had to go out and find those camps. And again, we because we joined this website recruiting, we got offers to come to a camp or we, we wouldn't have known about the camp. And we kind of learned a little bit. We got to be a little bit more choosy about the camps we went to because there were some camps that were called showcase camps and there'd be lots of different universities there. There might be 10 universities, but a lot of those were either GAs or assistant coaches. You know, there would be 250 kids there and they're just running, running them through stations. And, you know, I didn't know if that was the biggest bang for our buck. But I really felt like the showcases where it was at the one university. So you might have 100 kids there, but you've got the coaches from that university looking at you. So, you know, we picked out those places for Abby to go specifically because that's where, you know, she was interested in going. That's that's something that we talk to people about is is uh, if you're going to go to one, uh, there, there's a uh, instructional camps and then there's like prospect type of camps you need to kind of find out the difference and find out what colleges are going to be there and get a hold of them ahead of time so that they know that you're going to be there out of those 100 or 200 uh ladies or guys there at the at the showcase so well i appreciate your time i appreciate you taking time away from uh, your summer school duties <laughs> that, doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't seem right already graduating and uh, for, right after graduation i but, know uh, 
But uh, looking forward to uh, to watching Abby here over the next uh, four years because uh, Missouri State's my alma mater also, and uh, so we try to keep track of uh, those kiddos that go up there and uh, and got to watch on the website and watch the success of uh, Zach. So uh, we appreciate the opportunity to uh, have spent some summers with you guys and uh, enjoy your uh, four years of college because, as you know, that uh, Abby's will go by as fast as Zach's did. You know, we are. We would have followed Abby anywhere she went. I know uh, your your oldest son is uh, several hours away from you playing baseball. We are excited to be 20 minutes away from the stadium and be able to see home games and do some traveling to go watch her play away games. But you know, Missouri State softball has a has a deep following. They have good crowds uh, for home games. All three of those coaches. Holly Hesse, Sue and Beth are just outstanding people and deeply care about their kids. Just looking forward to not only seeing her play, but a root root for them being also being a, a former, you know, student at Missouri State. Well, it'll be fun and it's a great day to be a bear, as they say. Absolutely. Well, Chris, thank you very much. And uh, we will uh, maybe have you come on here uh, as, as she gets through her college career and give us a little update. I would love that. Uh, but again, thank you so much for having me on today. And uh, and I think this is really a neat opportunity for you to share with parents about some of the uh, you know things you can celebrate and some of the pitfalls about uh, recruiting. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Have a wonderful day. Thank you to Chris Ford for telling his family's stories and for giving you great insight and advice for your recruitment. One of the key points Chris told you about was how Abby sent emails to college coaches after she had recovered from her knee injury. Chris said, Abby started emailing college coaches with her highlights. He said, I would say she emailed over 100 coaches to get her information out. Information like, here's who I am with a link to videos. And just to show them, hey, here's who I am, here's what I can do. And so she started getting interest emails back. Her travel coach and high school coach started getting phone calls from college coaches asking about her. Remember, Recruit Me and the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System will walk you through how to write and send emails to college coaches, how to develop your own parameters and lists for colleges that will fit you, and how to make your final decision on a program that fits you too. Go to recruit-me.com or click on the Recruit Me 3.0 link in the show notes to take advantage of the low price and the low risk Recruit Me 3.0 system. Thank you for listening and please share the Athletic Scholarship Podcast with a high school athlete or a family you know. Join me next Tuesday for another 15 minutes that will change your athletic scholarship future.